You're listening to the Vineyard Church's UK and Ireland podcast. The following talk was taken from our youth festival, Dreaming the Impossible, over the summer. Tickets for DTI 2023 are now available to buy, and you can either pay for the full ticket price up front or pay it in six instalments, helping to spread out the cost. Just head to dreamingtheimpossible.org to find out more. Amazing, guys. Hey, what a day, right? Wow. Have you been blown away? Hey, if you're taking notes tonight or you haven't planned to and you want to, why don't you pull out a paper, bit of pen, whatever it is. Tonight's message is called, Who's on the Throne? Who's on the Throne? And I wanna wanna introduce you guys to a Bible verse tonight that I would say is probably one of the most important Bible verses in the whole of the Bible because it's the number one thing that God wants you to do with your life, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are. So if you wanna turn in your Bible to Mark 12, verses 30, and this passage, right, it's so important that it's in two books of the Old Testament and it's mentioned multiple times in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke's Gospel. So if anything's mentioned multiple times in the Bible, it means that it's important, right? It means that God wanted to get it into, into this Bible, this book, and get it into your hearts. And so I wanna, I wanna, I've memorized this passage because I love it. And it says this, love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That's the answer that Jesus gave when people came to him and said, what's the most important commandment? And he, he gave that answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and then he said, love your neighbour as you love yourself. Now guys, what you need to know about love tonight is that when you love someone, you love them, you'll do anything for them, right? Oh wow, you're, quite, you're totally silent. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you, or maybe that's a bit strong. You, 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 don't, love, you don't love someone, you, it's not a duty to love them. You, you do it just out of the overflow of your heart. Now, does anyone here wanna hear a love story tonight? Maybe, maybe my love story? Okay, okay. Okay, so years ago, and I'm talking years ago when I met my, my wife, before we, she was my wife, Ellie, uh, we got together and we started a relationship um, and, and we started going out and, and it was a, we were a month in, right? A month in. And, and I'd gone from the period of I liked her to I really like her to I think I love her. And, I, and I, I'll tell you what I decided to do. One night I was at home, I'd finished work, but Ellie was at work. And so I thought I'd start a little table tennis text, you know, those back and forth flowing. I thought I'll tell her a story about a boy and a girl. And I started to write the story and how they were having so much fun, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and, and, and suddenly I thought, yep, and I'm, I'm closing in the story. And then I'm like, and the boy and the girl were having so much fun and he realised he was falling in love with her. Oh. And then I said, followed up with this text, and I think I feel the same as the boy. <laughs> oh man, this is cheese, cheese all over. It's melting, it's so cheesy. And so I, I said that, and then what happened, like we were fully table, t- like the text, then the bubbles stopped, 
There was no typing, none of that. Just what was a flowing conversation fully stopped. I'm literally sweating at this point, thinking, oh my goodness, what have I done? And then I get this text. Zeke, this has freaked me out. It's way too full on and I don't feel the same. And guys, she literally a few days later broke up with me and then we continued. Then we literally went on a journey which all of my mates called the saga. We were on and off more than I've changed uh, my, a lot. We were on and off for a long time. But my friends, it ended well. She finally accepted me. And, and we, we've, just, we've just celebrated seven years of marriage. And I, it's great. Give it up for, listen, tonight I tell you that story because here's the point. And you guys will probably already know this, but if you don't and if you're confused about this, we've heard it, you've heard it already. God loves you. God loves you. This is so important to understand. And if you read this book, you'll realise it's a love story. It's God's love story, how He pursues and He pursues and He pursues humanity. They don't always respond the same. But if it's full, full, if you were to type into Google, like, does God love me according to the Bible? Or what does the Bible say about God loving me? There will be so many messages, verses that will come up. But here's one, Romans 5 verse 8. And it says this, but God demonstrates His love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died. That's the kind of love that God has. And you know, the, the, the powerful thing is that's the extent. And if you ever lose sight of God's love, if you go away from here and things get difficult and times get tough, just look to the cross. Because the cross is the extent that God demonstrated His love for humanity. That's why it's one of the most powerful, it is the most powerful, iconic things that you will see in countries all over the world. But tonight, I believe that God, it's not, doesn't just stop at the, at the fact that God loves you. God demands a response from us. God demands a response and that's why I've got a throne up here. That's why I've got the throne. God, God wants, He wants your heart, soul, mind and your strength. And so my question tonight that I'll continue to ask is who's on the throne? Now, when we think of the throne, we often think of who's, who's really important, who's got the ultimate authority. Throughout history, kings and queens, they've sat on the throne, they've been important. It's a symbol of authority and prominence and leadership and royalty. And when we think about who's on the throne, we think about who's got the ultimate authority, right? Maybe less so today, but that's what people used to think. I wonder who's got the ultimate authority in your household. <laughs> Is it your dad? <laughs> Is it your mum? Oh, there we go. Is it your sibling? They've just got some kind of weird authority. Or is it your dog? I, I'm, I'm honestly, our, my dog Gus has got some weird kind of authority going on, but he's the bottom of the pile and I keep telling him that, but he doesn't seem to get it. When it comes to the Bible, and if you would, again, to type into Google, what does the Bible say about the throne? Whenever the Bible talks about the throne of God, there's always someone on it and it's always God. So turn to the person next to you and say, God is on the throne. It's good, you've got it. But, but guys, throughout history, we've seen that in, 
We've seen that kings and queens have come and gone. They live, they die. But But God and Jesus came as the King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and He's on the throne. He's on the throne. And so when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, in other words, He's saying, keep God on the throne. Make Him number one of your life. Now, I remember when I was, if you had to come up to me as a teenager, just in an environment like this and said, who's on the throne? I could have easily told you. Or you could have asked the question a little bit differently. You could have said, What's the num- what, what do you worship, Zeke? Because we worship what we love and we love what we worship. And if you wanna find out what anyone loves or worships or is on the throne of their life, it's probably gonna be the thing that they talk about the most, that they spend the most time investing their time and their attention and their love into. And if you had said that to me as a teenager, I would have said football's on the throne. I would have said that. Is that worth a clap? Clapping for football? I don't know what's going on here. We've got some skills. Football's on the throne. Football's on. Um, But I would have said football was on the throne in my life. And and the thing is, football isn't bad. But but, but at 16 years old, I was assessing my life and realising, well, if I want to take God seriously and He wants me to love Him with all my heart, soul, mind and strength, but I love football with all my heart, soul, mind and strength, then maybe football's on the throne. And I had to make a decision, will I keep it on there or will I not? Football isn't a bad thing, but if it's on the throne, God won't be on the throne because football's on the throne. I wanna give you a little biblical history lesson. You up for a little history lesson thing? Okay. So we've got the Israelites in the Old Testament, right? Now the Israelites were in captivity in a place called Egypt for 413 years. 413 years they were captive. They were in they were just the Egyptians just used them and abused them and they were their slaves. And then God speaks to a man called called Moses and says free my people and I'm gonna use you. And so you, you, if, you've, if you've read the story in the Bible of Exodus, the book of the Bible called Exodus, that's the story of the Israelites getting out of Egypt. And, and there's the 10 plagues. And if you, if you wanna read it, read Exodus. Or if you wanna watch it, it's not totally biblically correct. Prince of Egypt. There can be miracles when you believe. I don't know the songs, but man, I sound good. I've actually, worship team, sign me up. Um, and so the Israelites are in captivity. They've come out of captivity and, and God, God protects them and guides them and they go through the, 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 the seas parted and they walk through and they escape. And then they go into the wilderness and they're in the wilderness for 40 years. Say 40 years. And so for 40 years, they're wandering around in the wilderness, wandering around. But here's the thing. Ever since they left Egypt and crossed the, the, the sea and they were walking around in the wilderness, God's presence was with them. A cloud by day and fire by night for 40 years. Can you imagine that? For 40 years, Every day, there's cloud by day, fire by night. But to top off, and that's the presence of God manifest 
in their, in their life every single day. But to top off the presence of God cake with a little cherry, well, they're in the wilderness, right? They're in the desert. Is there food in the desert? Deliveroo in the desert? God delivery was in the desert. Manna and quail for 40 years, every single day. Now theologians say was probably up anywhere from a million to 2.4 million people, Israelites, wandering through the desert. For 40 years, they were fed every single day. Now if you times seven, I'm not even gonna do the maths. If you take a year, of provision every single day, or 40 years, and you count the million people, you get over 14 billion meals. That's just a million and there was probably more. What I'm trying to say to you is God did His thing for 40 years. And so one day Moses is up the mountain encountering the presence of God and, and it, was, it was powerful and Moses had been up there for 40 days. Can everyone say 40 days? And, for, and in for, within 40 days, the people started to grumble. Where's Moses? What God's, what's God doing? He's brought us here. He's, he's useless. He hasn't done anything for us. God can't provide for us. Where's Moses again? And so they say, hey, get all your gold. Get all your gold. It would be like this, but like over a million people. Bring all your gold. We're gonna melt it up and we're gonna make a big golden calf. And so they make this golden calf. And then they say to the people, this, these are your gods that got you out of Egypt. These are your gods that have been with you. I'm, I'm reading that thinking, what? Now, does that sound stupid? Does that sound really stupid? What on earth is a golden calf gonna produce? Beef burgers? Get it, beef burgers, cow? But gold can't produce that because it's, it's not a funny joke. The thing is, guys, for 40 years, God provided, but they ended up worshipping an idol, something that they had created. Now, God is passionate about us worshipping Him, not created things. Created things become idols. You might be thinking, what is an idol? Well, an idol is something that humanity creates, and then we, give our, we, we worship it with our lives. We give our time and our attention. And for me, at 16, an idol in my life was football. But I think we do the same stuff with our life. Rather than God, that if you search through history, there's, there's a clear message that God has been faithful to His people and He has provided. Rather than worshipping Him, we worship made things and we bow down to them without, in, in different ways. And, 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 and you might be asking, well, why should I worship God? Well, I'll tell you why, because there is a long, long history like we learned from Laura this, this morning, a long, long history of God being faithful to His people. And just when, all throughout history, and the ultimate display of His faithfulness and the ultimate display of His power is when Jesus died on the cross. To, to, for the sins, all of our sins, past, present, future, for the sins of all humanity. That's why I worship God. That's why I think it's really important in the history of all humanity that we would worship God and not these random things that we end up worship because God wants our whole heart. He wants, our, he wants us to love Him with, our, with all our heart, soul, mind and our strength. Not because we have the capacity and anything that we have the capacity, any way that we can love God is because He's first loved us. 
That's why it's so important that you understand that He loves us. But here's the other thing. God is a jealous lover. Somebody say, God is a jealous lover. God is jealous for your love. Now, the 10 commandments that God gave to Moses and we still really, they're really important. They govern those kind of commandments are really effective still today. Loving your neighbour, not wanting what your neighbour wants. Don't kill, don't, all these kind of things. But the first two commandments are found in the book, the, the, the 10 are found in Exodus, but the first two are don't have any other gods and don't make idols and bow down to them. Do you know, wanna know what the Bible says after that? It says, because in Exodus 20 verse five, it says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Now, he's not jealous because he's insecure. I've got an atheist friend who says, oh, God's so insecure. That's why he needs people to love him. No, 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 he's not jealous out of insecurity. He's jealous because he's totally and utterly committed to you. Remember my story about Ellie? I'm totally committed to Ellie. I love her. I, I, we made vows to one another on our wedding day. I cried. <laughs> um, I think she cried. I can't remember because I was crying and I couldn't see anything. But we made these big commitments to one another. We said we'd love each other till death do us part. Now, if Ellie ran off with someone else, or if I heard that Ellie was showing interest and affection and attention and time and energy and love towards someone else, I'd be jealous, right? Would you be jealous when you fully committed to someone? And she would be, feel the same if it was me. But that's a tiny picture of what God feels for you. He's a jealous lover. He loves you with everything and He's all in. He's fully committed and, that, and, and He's secure in that love. He's fully secure. And He's the same yesterday, today and forever. But humanity, we've always, we always go away and we end up putting other things on the throne. So what's the question tonight? Who's on the throne? What's on the throne tonight? God. Now I forgot the first thing because it was a manic thing and England won the, the thing. The thing? What did they win again? Euros, that's the one, yeah. But now you guys could put loads of different things on the throne. Years ago, and, and sometimes Ellie slides onto the throne. This is a picture of her on our wedding day. Um, yeah, so there we go. Isn't that nice? You can just about see it. I used to put a lot of my time and my energy, before we got married, I was crazy all the time thinking about Ellie. When I woke up in the morning, I went to bed at night, she consumed my thoughts. Some of you know what that feels like. She sort of ended up on the throne but I've realised over time that it doesn't really work because when, if Ellie was on the throne or if a relationship was on a phone, throne, something that you're putting your time and your energy and attention, we can easily get let down by that because relationships come and go. And even, even in marriage, it gets challenging and difficult. But when God's on the throne, it's different. And I remember a time with Ellie when I was just realising that God needed to be on the throne and we were chatting one night in the car and I said, look, babe, I don't, I don't, I don't need you in my life. I want you in my life. 
Is that harsh? Yes. No, it's actually, you agree. It's good. It's right. It's right. It, that's right. Because I got a revelation that she was on the throne, but she shouldn't be on the throne. I, I, I need God. I don't need her. I want her. It's a choice. That's just a, a fading relationship. But, but I wanted, I, I, I want to put God on the throne. So I'm sorry, my darling, you've got to come off the throne again tonight. And, and always God is on the throne. Like I said, what about education? I don't have anything, but just imagine there's a book or a computer here. Education and a career. We're told all the time, education is so important. Put your education first. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the most important thing when you think you wanna have a good future. It is really important. Your education is so important. Kids, children, young people, stay in school. Stay in school. Stay in school, whether you like, whether you like it or not. Just, just stay in there. Hang in there. I find it, found it hard. But the thing is, but here's the thing: if your education and where you want to be one day is on the throne, then God can't be on the throne. But, but if you put everything into your education, like I love hearing stories of young people who actually keep praying, who actually keep reading this book, who actually keep maintaining a relationship with God, who don't ditch church and youth group when they've got exams because exams aren't everything. They're really important, but they're not God. They're not God. And, and listen, if you, now don't, don't hear that, don't hear that like I'm dissing school or I'm saying don't bother in your exams. What I'm saying is if, you're, if, you're, if your exam results and your career is on the front throne, then it's gonna be all over the place. Because, and your, your emotions and your feelings will rise and fall on how well you do and what you achieve. But if God's on the throne, maybe you'll be seeking Him for what your future holds. Maybe at this point in your life, you're meant to be studying, but you're also meant to be in a quiet place seeking the heart of God because He knows what you're best to do with your life. So education and career, if it's on the throne, then God can't be on the throne because education and career is on the throne. So seek God, keep Him first. Love Him with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. What about sport? I know there's a lot of people who love sport in here. But like I said, for me, football, this is a representation. For me at 16, football was on the throne, but I made a decision at 16. I went to the front of a church in Sydney, Australia, and I made a commitment. And I wasn't expecting it, but the guy preaching stuck a mic in my face and he said, why have you come here? And what came out of my mouth is, I wanna make God number one. And so then a few weeks later, um, I'm playing football at the highest level I could have in my country. And so I'm trying to say I'm all right. But um, you know, I'm doing that and my coach comes in and he's angry and he's walking around the dressing room like coaches do and they usually say silly things and swear a lot and try to get you jacked up by saying bad words. But it doesn't always work because um, it's just like, yeah, makes you feel confused. But um, so he's, we, we, you're coming in, it's Thursday night, we're training. He's like, no, you're coming back here on Friday because we've got to win on Saturday and we're not good enough. And I'm thinking, and he said, and if you're not here, you're on the bench on Sunday, Saturday. 
So I'm thinking, oh man, I've just made God number one. And part of me developing my relationship with God is going to youth on Friday night because that's where I learn more about my faith and that's where I press into the things of God. And I've already played football quite a lot this week. And so I go up to my coach at the end of it and I say, can I speak to you, coach? And he says, yeah, what what would you want? And I said, I can't be there on Saturday. I mean, I can be there, but I'm gonna have to be on the bench. He said, why? Why can't you be here tomorrow night? He said these words, what is more important in your life than football? And so I was like, okay. Uh, And I didn't say it this clearly, but in my heart I was saying, God, because I've made him number one and I can't worship football because it's an idol and we worship it and we give our lives to it. But I I think I wanna focus on God. And so that day, on Saturday, I was on the bench because I chose to put God number one and I said it when I was 16 and then I had to choose it in real life. Some of you, you've got sport, you've got your, what you wanna achieve on the throne. Maybe even football is on the throne and it's kind of ironic that tonight, you know, what happened? Um, it's interesting. Are we all right? Oh gosh. Is, is it okay? You with me? Do I need to wrap it up? Okay, 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 okay. I just feel really prompted to, here's a mirror. You see yourself? I can't remember the question. No, don't worry, it's not gonna work. Um, And I can't be bothered to fix it. But uh, so... Laura said something and, uh, today and I can't remember, but I think we, th- we struggle with our image a lot. I think this is a, a really, a generation, I think you're a generation who's, who's, you see so many bodies, you see so many images of what the perfect image and body should look like. And, and I think a lot of us are, are walking around just struggling and, and we end up looking in the mirror a lot and what we say about ourselves isn't that good. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not perfect. I know I, like I look all right, but I have insecurities. And sometimes what I find, and, and especially when I was younger, I'd look into the mirror and, and I'd, 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 I'm just gonna give you an insight into some of my insecurities. Is, is this all right? Um, oh man, like my nose, it was just broken years and it just looked so bad. And... Losing so much hair and like I just just a bit skinny. People always call me skinny, but I'm athletic. But they call me skinny. And oh man, I'm just. And you say these things to yourself, and you worry about what you think, what other people think, and you've got thoughts about yourself, and you're saying these things about yourself in your mind. And some of you even speak it out loud. And what happens is our image and the way we look and the way we're perceived has become, it's kind of crept onto the throne. But what if a generation started to believe what God thought of them? What if we, what if I, I, I like walked past the mirror and it was more like, oh gosh, that is one fine specimen of a man. Like, you seen these calves? No, I, it's like, but no, 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 but it's more like, and that, or, or, or like, or what if I started to say, but, but the, the Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. 
So, so the way my nose looks or the way my body looks, it actually bears something of the image of God. Imagine if I started to think like that. Man, that's di- sort of different. And, and, and suddenly, imagine if us as a generation believed what the Bible, that he, he, that he knows how many hairs are on your head. That's what the Bible says. There's less now than there was, but he knows how many they are. And he's counting every day they fall out. But he loves me. Guys, I'm loved. And if the image of what you think about yourself is on the throne, man, that's gonna cause you some problems. So we gotta get our image off the throne and keep God on the throne, right? Uh, what, about, what about money? Ooh, ooh, ooh. And, and guys and girls, do I have some cash for tonight? 50s, anyone want one? 50s, look at this, man. Chill, 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 chill. I can't, this was gonna be like quite smooth, but you know, money, 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 da-na, must be funny, na-na. They say money makes the world go round, but Jesus did say this, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, the love of it. Guys, do this for me, don't fall in love with money, don't keep money on the throne. How much you get paid is not your future. Being really wealthy is not always the most important thing. In fact, it can quickly creep onto the throne, money. And it's one of our biggest idols. I think money is what's causing most of the arguments within politics, most of the problems around the world. People getting richer, people getting poorer, being oppressed, money. But guys, here's the thing. Imagine if you, here's a question that you can always ask about money and it will help you, period. Just whatever you get, make sure you give your first to God and then have other part bits of it that you can give But if you, to others. Just make sure you do that. It will help keep money off the throne. But here's a question you can ask. However much is in your bank account right now, and most young people, there won't be much, but I know there is some with some good jobs and you're doing like selling shoes and that and you're getting crazy money back on Depop and all that sort of stuff. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Imagine, here's a question to ask yourself. If that new thing you just bought or that money in your account, if you, if God just said, give it away tomorrow, could you? If the answer to the question is no, Maybe money's on the throne. Think about it. We've got to get money off the throne. We've got to get money off the throne and just give it away. Just give it away. Give it away. It's fake. Don't worry. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. Yeah. Okay. The phone, the phone, the final one, the final one, and I'm coming into land. You'll be pleased to know. The phone. I don't know if we've got this image. Guys, isn't this the most powerful image? Does anyone like Banksy? Amazing artist. This is one of his prints. Do you know what it's called? The modern prison. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Maybe this is, is our modern prison. I know that, I, I know that I've, I have an addiction to this thing. We are, we are, and addicted people. So many of us spending at least, at least four, 
maybe to 11 hours a day on this thing. Yes, it's a great tool. Yes, it's changed the world. Yes, it's made us more connected. But if your phone is on the throne, God can't be on the throne because your phone is on the throne. Say that with me. If your phone is on the throne, God can't be on the throne because your phone's on the throne. Okay, so I've got to do things. I've, I can't take this to bed with me. There's only one person that, thing that comes to bed with me. Not thing, my, Ellie, you know. There's only one thing. The, the phone can't become in between. Imagine that. You know, I sometimes think, I used to take my phone to bed with me. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, the phone's in between your relationship. Flip an egg. We, we, we got to lose that. We, it, it can't be in the, we, we, that, isn't that crazy? For so many of us, our phone's in between us. It's a modern day prison. But guys, let's take all of that stuff. I hope my screen didn't break. All, all of that stuff. And what I think, because all of that stuff is just all of the stuff that makes up our lives. And what I've come to the conclusion of, and as I finish, and we're gonna respond in a, in a moment, is that I think a lot of us have actually maybe in this self-sufficient, self-obsessed, self-absorbed culture that we live in, we've, we've ended up on the throne ourselves. Maybe I'm on the throne. Maybe you're on the throne. It's comfortable on the throne because all you need to do is think about yourself. I, 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 me, me, me. but that's not the greatest commandment. That's not what God longs for. He longs to be on the throne. And there's so many lies out there that we're all believing. You do you, garbage. Do whatever makes you happy. If it works for you, look after number one, because no one else will. Lie. Keep God number one. He needs to be on the throne. There's no right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm sorry, Elsie, you're wrong. There is right, there is wrong, there are rules. If there were no rules, And we've believed these lies. L'Oreal, because you're worth it. No, 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 no. Because he's worth it. Guys, because he's worth it. No, no. Maybe if we got off the throne, because, you know, look after number one doesn't work. Keep, look after number one. No, seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness, and all the other things will be added unto you on His timing, in His perfect way. Guys, if anything is on the throne, or if you're on the throne tonight, here's what the Lord wants to say to you. And I think God is actually tired of saying please, and He is a gentleman. It's not about me. He will. 
God, God, sorry, so embarrassing. God, God says, please, you. He's a gentleman, so he says, please. He's kind, and he's pleading tonight. Whatever's on the throne, get it off. We got to get it off. He's got to be on the throne. Sorry. So tonight, I just need to sit on the throne. No, I don't. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Forgive me. I just, I, I get emotional when the Holy Spirit comes upon me because I really feel like this is a message. Some of you right now, just if, if anything else is on the throne and you really wanna get it off, just stand where you are. Just stand, stand where you are. Okay. Just to explain me crying, I do really think like if you guys can get this and keep the other stuff, stuff off the throne, you'll actually love God and then you'll love others. And they're the two most important things that God wants you to do with your life. Nothing else in Jesus' opinion is as important as that. Now all this room, so many stood up. Let's just take a moment. 